0: Good Risings. I'm Liz Earnshaw and this is Hash It Out. This week, we are looking at listener questions related to abuse in honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We are going to be answering a question from a parent that wants to make sure she's doing the best she can to raise a child who will not abuse when they grow up. Let's listen to her question and then I will share some of my thoughts. Dear Liz... I am the mother of a toddler son. The Gabby Petito case has made me think so much about what I'm doing as a parent to make sure that my child does not grow up to abuse others. I think we spend a lot of time talking about how people should get themselves out of abusive situations or how to teach our children to recognize the signs of abuse, but I just don't see a lot out there about what we're doing as a society to make sure our children don't grow up to abuse. Do you have any tips? As a mother, I think about this a lot, too. I have a small child, and I want to make sure that my husband and I are doing everything we can to ensure that he does not become an abusive person when he grows up. And this should be the goal of parenting, right? We want our children to grow up to be empathetic, to recognize other people's boundaries, to be kind, to be good for the people they love, and good for society. And when we look at statistics that show nearly 20 people per minute are physically assaulted by an intimate partner, we know something is wrong with the way that we are raising our children. This equates to more than 10 million women and men being abused every year in the United States. This number is not okay. And yet, the people that are abusing at one point were children. I know that's really hard to think about, but they are someone's son. They are someone's daughter. They are someone's child. And because of that, as parents, we need to recognize that our children need our guidance to make sure that they are growing up to not become a perpetrator, to not become someone that abuses one in four women and one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence, intimate partner contact sexual violence, and or intimate partner stalking. With impacts like injury, fearfulness, PTSD, use of victim services, contraction of STDs. I mean, this has a huge impact impact. And while it's really, really important that we are talking to people about how to avoid getting into relationships like this and keep themselves safe, we really need to be talking to people about how not to be an unsafe person. So how do we make sure we are not raising people who grow up to abuse? First, often abusive behavior is the result of modeling. When children see abuse being acceptable in the adults in their lives, then this is how they also learn to manage their relationships. If they see parents, caregivers being abusive towards each other, or if they see adults being abusive to others out in the world, then they are more likely to grow up with an entitlement to abuse. Now, if you are a parent asking this question, if you're listening right now and you're really trying to make sure that you guide your child in the right direction, you might be thinking, well, we don't have abuse in our house. One problem is, is that sometimes people don't recognize what abuse is. And they're not able to see the propensity for their own abusive behavior or for the abusive behavior that's playing out in their families. And so as a parent, it's really important that you become educated on what is abuse. It is not just physical abuse. That is a more obvious form of abuse, but abuse also has to do with the way that you respond to people's emotions, the way you respond when you don't get your way. So. Preventing abuse starts with parents checking in with themselves about their potential for abuse. Do I abuse my partner in any way? Do I act as if I can diminish their sense of self? So do I have contempt? Do I hurt them emotionally or physically if I don't get my way? Do I abuse others out in the world? Do I flip people off when they bother me in traffic? Do I yell at customer service agents on the phone? Do I try when I'm annoyed to one-up, to take a position of power. I often tell parents to consider, how do you behave when you don't get your way? Are you able to self-soothe and self-regulate, or do you become abusive? Remember, abuse is about taking power and control, and it can be a response to someone not getting their way. Then, I ask you to consider, how do you respond to your child when they're upset that they don't get their way? Do you give in? Or are you able to hold the line and show empathy and understanding while also still having clear boundaries? I really like how Dr. Becky at Good Inside, which is an amazing podcast if you are raising children, talks about the importance of caregivers being able to hold their ground on their nose. Being able to stick to a no shows your child that you are Not that you are the boss, it's not about who's boss, but that you have decision autonomy. And it teaches them to learn, to respect that other people sometimes have to say no. And children learning to hear no is really, really important because people who can't hear a no, as children they tantrum, as adults, they might become violent. Another tip is to make sure you have a no excuse for abuse policy in your household. Try to stay away from phrases like boys will be boys. If you have a son who hits or kicks or tries to get their way in a way that harms other people emotionally or physically, please don't allow that. Don't allow any phrases that downplay abusive behavior. If you see abusive behavior, call it out. Of course, call it out in a developmentally appropriate way, but call it out. The reason you need to do this is because violence is a shortcut to power, and kids will use it to solve their emotional problems. Testing the waters is totally normal. All kids at some point, especially in the toddler years, will try to use violence to get their way. But teaching your children they cannot use it to get their way is the caregiver's job. This means that when your child is angry, disappointed, hurt, and so forth, and they try to kick you to get their way, or they hit you, or they hit their sibling, you cannot let them have their way, or they hit friends on the playground. Otherwise, the use of violence to get power will become entrenched in their behavior patterns, and it will continue to be used to solve their problems as they grow. This is not to say that the use of hitting, kicking, all of those types of things that tends to happen on a playground isn't normal. It is very normal for kids to get frustrated and then to push, hit, bite, do all of these things. What is not normal is to allow it to continue and to allow it to become the way that your child learns to solve their problems. So it's on you as the caregiver to intervene and help coach them to solve their problem in a different way and to also remove them from play when they are being aggressive and hurting other people. If your child is very small and kicks you, stop them from doing that by either gently holding their legs or removing them from you. Let them know that there's no excuse in your home for hurting others and that until they can be safe, they can't be close to you. However, be careful not to couple this with shame. You can have limits, but you also need to have empathy. Which brings me to the overall goal. People are less likely to abuse when they have both limits and empathy. And you can do that yourself by recognizing the boundaries of others, having limits with yourself. You know, if you're getting really overwhelmed, knowing that it's time to hang up the phone instead of cursing someone out. And also consistently expressing empathy in your home, empathy for other people, empathy for your child. You need to show your child you love them, you understand them, and you care about their emotions while also giving them limits too. So you're modeling empathy, you're modeling having limits, and then you're also teaching your child that by showing them empathy and having limits around their behavior. If you or someone you know is experiencing abuse, visit thehotline.org to get resources for supporting the people you love or resources for yourself. I'm Liz Earnshaw, the author of I Want This to Work. And you can find me on Instagram at Liz Listens. Thank you for listening to Good Risings. If you enjoy this podcast, please let us know by leaving a review. We love hearing from you. Until next time, love on your loved ones. And when that gets hard, tune in to me to learn how to hash it out. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. You know how to book flights and hotels.